Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning. Liz, is it just me or is 2024 just coming in like a lion? (laughs) Yeah, you have a good point there. We got the uh, Iowa caucuses next week. We have New Hampshire right after that. Then then it's Nevada. And then yep. South Carolina. Are we ready? Are we going to do a uh, a fall a full game sweep here? Uh, that's what I'm praying for. I, I want to see Trump, by the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> for for President Trump, I would love to see by the time it gets to South Carolina that you know we are we all come together and and really start um, lifting up President Trump and let's move on to take over the White House. Mm-hmm. and stop beating up each other, right? Let's yeah. all come together under one. And I'm praying, Liz, my, my prayer, and I've been saying this since the last election, is it's okay to have your favorite in a primary. But, it, you know, when when the primary is said and done, this idea of, well, I'm not going to vote or I don't like the candidate, I mean, get out, hustle, make your argument, everybody get out and vote, and then we all got to come together because that's the process. Well, I, I I played a really scary clip by Liz Cheney on The View. She was talking, of course, to a bunch of, you know, female audience, many of which suburban moms, wine moms, they call them now. And they are, um, you know, independents, many of them. And she was appealing to them by saying, hey, if it comes down to Trump and Biden, you she said, I'm definitely not voting for Trump. That's what she said, Liz Cheney. You know, you just said two very scary things. One, Liz Cheney, and two, The View. Two things I don't listen to or watch. Yeah, but but a lot of women are watching that, a lot. You know, this is the problem. Women that I I meet that are independent, and I think this is where um, women really have to be more vocal. I really think that all women care about it. You know, they're, they're number one. It's not all they care about, but their number one priority is their kids. And who is going to keep your kids safer? Because that's what I think about every day. Like, mm-hmm. how are my kids going to have a future? Who's going to give them that future? Who's going to keep them safe? And I think, hands down, it's President Trump. And so that's where we need to be appealing to moms, right? She, um, she was on the bad end of arguments with, President Trump. And it's very personal to her. And obviously she thinks she's bigger than the safety of all of our children, if she can make a comment like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's very disturbing because that is the main push. The main push is to get um, independents, you know, out there voting. And um, if she's guiding people to vote for Biden, I I really question A, her sanity. (laughs) Okay, and and be her eyesight. I mean, how do you not look around and see fires burning in every corner of the world right now? Well, you know, I watched President Trump last night. A really late night. I was in North Augusta, and so when I got in the car, I you know, turned it on my phone so I could I could watch. Uh-huh. And and there was a really great question. They said, you know, your opponents keep. I'm paraphrasing it, right? But your opponents keep saying that chaos follows you. And that it'll be four years of chaos. And, and President Trump uh, was, his response was spot on. He said, chaos follows me. Look around. Since I left office, there is chaos everywhere. Right. We have chaos at the border. We have chaos 
in Israel. We have chaos in the Ukraine. We have chaos in our streets. Like, there is chaos now. It's just the media, mine was made up chaos. Everybody was making it up as yeah, they went. This is real chaos. And and I thought I thought he handled himself beautifully last night. I think he was articulate. And and I was telling Nick, um, you know, it, I it's something I kind of had like a bit of an epiphany. If you would, I was going back and forth. So when there was a commercial um, on Fox, I would flip over to CNN to see what the debate was looking like. And I could feel that, like just my temperature anxiety levels completely change mm-hmm. between flipping channels. Like Trump was on, he has a vision. It's a solid vision. He comes from a point of strength. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to keep everything calm. This is how we're going to make America great again. This is what I'm going to do on day one. This is what I'm going to do on day two. And I would flip over the debate and just the, the screaming and the name calling and just you know, but not hearing a lot of calmness. And I think that is a good, that's really a good leader when you can bring the people that are counting on you and you can calm them down and say, I got this. Everything's going to be good. I know who to bring into my cabinet. I know who to trust. I know who's good. You know, um, this is my second term. I get it now. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a novice. And that's what we have to worry about. President Trump can go out on day one and hit the ground running with mm-hmm. his agenda. Everybody else can be looking for the bathroom. Where's the phone? Hey, where are the phone numbers? Who am I calling? You know, we don't have the luxury right now with the state of our country and what the Biden administration has done and what the Democrats have done. Lug- time is not a luxury we, we have right now. Right. Well, I am worried about um, when we when we moving forward through these these primaries, you know, um, there's been talk that possibly DeSantis and Haley will combine, Um, you know, some one of them may be vying heavily for Tim Scott's uh, endorsement. And uh, maybe Tim Scott is floating out there as a VP uh, you know, a uh, prospect for all of them. Who knows? I mean, I'm just kind of curious. And, uh, you know, the next two months are going to be really telling about where we're going. And the other question, I, the other thing I worry about is a lot of people talk about uh, the possibility that Biden might drop out. Who are they going to put, you know, who are they going to put in? That is a scarier proposition, right? Because you know, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I did watch the DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate. And although Governor DeSantis completely won on content and on record, what, what I witnessed with Gavin Newsom was very scary. The ability to never answer a question, the mm-hmm. ability to look into the camera and legitimately lie to the American people. And it's the one thing that I hope is making people wake up. Believe your eyes. Do not believe what somebody is telling you, right? So when Gavin Newsom says, oh my gosh, the border is great. We have no issues at the border. President Biden is doing a great job. Believe your eyes. Do not believe what somebody is telling you, right? Like Mm -hmm. he is the quintessential snake oil salesman. Yeah. 
and and he that's scary because we live now in a time where I think our younger voters look at a pretty face. Mm-hmm. They look at TikTok. They don't look at content. They're not watching news, right? And and a, probably about a month ago, there was a report that came out that said the DNC was really going to entrench into TikTok because that's how our young people, uh, like it or not, are getting their news. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and they it's think, not accurate. They think they're getting yeah. the news right. All right. Yeah, yeah, they think they are. <laughs> I want to switch gears before we go and talk about the governor's executive budget that was released. Uh, maybe yeah. you want to point out some highlights, but we definitely got um, some questions about why is all this focus on EVs? We don't like uh, the battery EV thing. A lot of people were worried about that, um, that we're going to be uh, investing in another VC summer plant that's going to really just be all for naught. And then the other thing is why uh, I-73 wasn't on there. We saw that the governor was quoted as saying that I just don't think that, you know, people are that into it anymore. You know, I haven't heard any people, you know, counties and cities talking about it anymore. And a lot of people took issue with that here in Horry County. Well, you know, the governor is all for it, but he has to have buy-in, right? Like, we have been for it for as long as the governor and I have been running and um, together as a team, and he was for it before that. And, uh, and if everybody remembers, I mean, he literally went to a hearing and sat in the front row because um, he wanted you know his appointees to know how much he was for it, right? So it was kind of like strength by showing up. And then it fell apart. And he's been for it, and he's still for it. But we have to have local buy-in, Right. He can't continue to fight for it and fight for it and fight for it if we can't get local buy-in. And so I think that's something, um, I think that's where that stands, right? We have some great things in the budget. The governor has always said it's not that he is for EV. A lot more is for batteries because batteries are going into everything and having battery technology is good, not just EVs. Um, We have things like Redwood that's coming. We have a big plant that's coming into Florence. These are battery-focused plants, not just EV car plants. And so sometimes people, when you hear battery, all they think of is EV, but batteries go into a lot of things. And battery recycling is a big deal because we're dealing in rare minerals and those rare minerals are in other countries. That's why Liz recycling, I I was at a meeting yesterday, um, really trying to get people to understand about recycling because recycling is a huge part of the supply chain. And nobody is talking about it that way. We have plastics companies. We have one right here that we both love, Donna, you know, with B540. Uh, I learned at the end of last year that our plastic, people that deal in in plastic weaving like she does, where they take recycled plastic and they put it into weaving and, and all kinds of other things, we are going to other countries to get their plastic. Because people here don't want to recycle because for a long time there was a campaign saying, oh, it doesn't matter if you recycle, it goes into a landfill. That is not true. So we're going to be really pushing to help our manufacturers by saying, everybody here, let's give you a simple way to recycle. Like, recycle these five, six things. If, you, if you, that's all you do, do these five or six things, this is how you do it. Let's help our manufacturers. Um, and so, you know, that's what I have to say about that. But there's $50 One, million dollars going to EV training institutes. Do you think we're training people for something that's not going to flourish? So I think what we want to do is we've got to be on the front end. We've always said to follow the market, right? 
you know, if the market is moving towards, you know, building of EVs, um, and it, it's not at the pace that the Democrats want us. I mean, we're not seeing people overly embrace it. We got to go where the market is, but we have to be able to have people that understand it because it's a whole new beast when you're talking about lithium batteries. And we want people to understand that. So in South Carolina, we have always been passionate about building a workforce. And if we see that this is the workforce of the future, we want to make sure that we have the workers that understand how to safely do the job. Um, one thing that I'm super proud of, uh, and I have been talking about it, and I'll, I'll have a press conference here shortly, is I sat down with Children's Trust. Because, you know, last year we passed the heartbeat bill. And the one criticism that all of us pro-life people get, we don't care about the moms, we don't care about the babies, we, you know, after they're born, we just care about moms keeping their babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Children's Trust has a great par- a program. It's nationally been recognized. It's called the Nurse, uh, the nurse Partnership Program. Mm-hmm. And they came to me and they said, Lieutenant Governor, we're just asking for $250,000 in the budget. And what the program does, uh, it'll get, for every dollar the state gives, it'll get $3 of federal money. And it, an OBGYN will pair a nurse with an at-risk mom. Maybe it's a young mom, maybe it's a mom in a bad situation. To make sure that her prenatal care is good, to make sure that we're teaching her how to take care of her baby. And, and that's, that's a healthy mom, healthy baby outcome. It's an amazing program. And the, the mom that I talked to that was part of it, they even helped her get certification. She went to Greenville Technical College. She got a degree in HR and associate's degree. And mm-hmm. now she is working for Greenville County. So now we're a mom that would, might end up have been a mom on Medicaid um, that may have had a baby that was had, you know, post-birth issues. We have solved so many problems by making sure she got the help and education on the front side. So I was so uh, blown away by the program, asked the governor if this is something we could put in the budget. We put 500000 in our budget, and the first 250 will be matched three to one by the federal government. Because right now, we're only taking care of 10% of the moms that are being referred to by an OBGYN. This is a huge program this helps moms, this helps babies, and this really changes the narrative of we don't care. We just care about making these moms keep the babies. So that is something that got in the budget, something I'll be working with the General Assembly to make sure they keep in the budget um, because it's just the right thing to do. All right. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Well, Liz, thank you, and I and, and I want to thank everybody real quick that was down at the Jubilee, the 50-year Jubilee at South Carolina Citizens for Life. Saw a lot of Horry County ladies down there um, marching to the Capitol. It was, a, it was a great gala on Friday night. It was a great march to the Capitol on Saturday, and um, everybody's shifting their message, not, you know, now that the heartbeat bill was passed, how are we going to help moms? And in my remarks, I said we need to really reach out to our 25 pregnancy centers across our state and figure out how we help them serve the moms that are coming to them who are willing to keep their babies. So thank you to everybody I saw, and it was great seeing everyone. And and Liz, we got to get you down there next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're doing our Baby Love Baby Shower for um, the uh, Coastline Women's Center in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, we're trying to do our part here to support them and what they're doing. 
And I will give again. I will make sure I get a bunch of stuff over to you for the okay. Coastline Excellent. Women's Center. They do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. 